Welcome to Regenerative Medicine today. This is John Murphy. It's my pleasure to welcome to this podcast Dr. Stephen Badalak. Dr. Badalak has joined us in the past where we've had a, the pleasure of talking about some of the science that he's pursuing. But I asked him to join us for this podcast to talk about a new endeavor. The new endeavor is a new journal on regenerative medicine. Dr. Badalak, welcome to Regenerative Medicine today. Thank you, John. So, can you tell us a little bit about this journal and what's the objectives? The field of tissue engineering and regenerative medicine now is arguably 30 years old or so, beginning with the concept of growth of tissues and organs in a dish in a classic tissue engineering approach. And then, as you know, around the turn of the century, we uh, expanded the scope of the field to include stem cell biology and other aspects of science that can help us regrow functional tissues and change the name from tissue engineering alone to tissue engineering and regenerative medicine. This move to regenerative medicine as opposed to simple tissue engineering has been very positive because it brings into play aspects of medicine and science that are critically important in in normal development. The journal is an effort to address some of the areas that are not addressed in current journals. So this is filling a niche that uh, you and your colleagues perceive is an important area that's not addressed by other journals. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. If you pick up an issue of tissue engineering or an issue of regenerative medicine right now, the articles are, are actually very similar, and they've been similar for many years, and it's not that they're not important, but I believe that there are aspects of regenerative medicine going forward that are critical to make the types of major advances that we hope to make. For example, the uh, interface between developmental biology and classic tissue engineering is almost ignored, and yet it seems obvious that unless we understand how tissues and organs normally develop, how can we hope to identify strategies that can recapitulate these phenomenon to replace an injured or missing tissue or or organ? So I think that interface, uh, which is covered in this new journal, is critical. Similarly, interfacing with the, the field of immunology has become, I think, essential if we're going to address how the body responds to introduced tissue-engineered constructs, and this interface as well is one of the focus areas of the new journal. So in some past discussions, we've talked about aspects of regenerative medicine, and we've included, in addition to tissue engineering, cell-based therapy, and medical devices. In terms of this journal, are you covering all these areas? These areas are, are certainly part and parcel of the topics that will be covered. What we hope, however, is that the types of manuscripts that will be included in each issue will go a step deeper into the science, which fits well with the reputation of the nature journals, and establish a foundation for tissue engineering and regenerative medicine that takes advantage of all of the incredible work that's being done by individuals in these other disciplines who likely do not affiliate or associate themselves with regenerative medicine per se. 
So I looked at uh, some of the background in terms of the journal. I note that it's a peer-reviewed journal. It's uh, intended to uh, provide a collaborative forum for discussing new therapies and new science. And uh, I note that it's only online. Is that a, a new trend? It is. These, the online journals are so that we can get the manuscripts turned around very quickly, reviewed, and, and out to the public just as quickly as possible. If you also look at the editorial board, you'll see it's populated by the absolute leaders in the field. Professor Nadia Rosenthal is the editor-in-chief and has done an incredible job of, of organizing this board and setting the mission statement for the journal. Just to, to name a few of the individuals on the editorial board include uh, Eric Olson, Stuart Forbes, Tom Rando, Peter Curie, Helen Blau. It's just a who's who of uh, leaders in the various fields with advisory board members that are just as well respected. So with leadership like this, it's hard to see how the journal can fail. So we will list on the podcast website the uh, the journal URL, so if our listeners are interested, they can see the, the full team that's uh, been organized to implement this, this particular endeavor. I noticed that this is a uh, partner journal with Nature. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that particular arrangement? Major journals in the past five to eight years have identified niche areas that they've tried to cover with uh, basically partner journals. You know, for example, the journal Science now has science translational medicine. You know, in, in nature, there's nature biomaterials, there's uh, nature medicine, uh, and so forth. So this is another niche area that's being covered and provides a venue for individuals who are focused upon this area to reach their peers more easily so that the manuscripts are not published in journals that are only partially related to the topic area. Uh, I think it's important to note that this is not an effort to uh, compete with other journals. So we've specifically worded the mission statement in a way that, uh, as you indicated early, was to fill a niche that right now we feel is ignored. So when is the first issue going to be available? should be online in the first quarter of 2016. We've just recently began accepting manuscripts. The review process is underway, and so we're in mid-November now, so it won't be long before you'll be seeing the, the first issue online. And the publication frequency will be? Well, it'll be online, and, and as the manuscripts come in, it'll be almost continuous. That's a very interesting approach. So, Dr. Badalak, are there some particular focus areas that the journal is going to, uh, to address? I would not identify them as focus areas so much as an opportunity for this interface between the disciplines that I had talked about earlier. And if you think about those disciplines, things like the interface between immunology and regenerative medicine or developmental biology and regenerative medicine, genomics and proteomics and regenerative medicine. Those are topics that really cover all body systems. So for example, we're doing in my laboratory, one of our topic areas is, is esophageal replacement. As you know, the incidence of esophageal cancer is increasing at a rate faster than any other type of cancer in the world. And yet we have almost no effective therapies for it. Uh, in fact, we're handcuffed. And I think 
some of the prime areas for regenerative medicine to tackle are, are clinical problems such as esophageal cancer where there are either few or no effective therapies. And in our approach to the regenerative medicine strategies for esophageal cancer, we're utilizing exactly the type of approach described in this journal. What are the molecular signals that cause a normal esophageal cell, a lining cell, to become a dysplastic cell and then a a cancer cell? Although we know that this is related to chronic gastric reflux, we really don't understand the mechanisms uh, which likely have to do with fundamental cell biology. And what are the biomarkers that we can use to identify early stages of it? What are the target areas that can be used from a regenerative medicine standpoint to reverse it so that we don't have to do an esophagectomy on these patients and rather be able to treat them early? So it's only mentioned that particular area because I think it's an exemplar of the type of work that we'll hope to publish in Nature Regenerative Medicine. So as I listen to your your comments, I get the sense that you're going to cover work that ranges from basic science through translational medicine. All the way to clinical trials, you're absolutely right. I also recall that uh, you also had an an interest in stroke as another area, is that correct? We have been working on stroke, and as I said before, the real areas that regenerative medicine can change the practice of, of medicine are the problems like stroke. I mentioned esophageal cancer, uh, things like inflammatory bowel disease. I know you've done a series on whole organ replacement to address those things. These are huge problems. They affect millions and millions of people. The cost to the healthcare systems almost immeasurable, and yet we've made very little progress, I mean substantive progress in, in these types of problems for decades. We've made incremental advancements. We, we are doing better at teaching people how to deal with and live with their disabilities, but we really have not had any breakthroughs in these areas that can change the practice of medicine. And I think it's going to take this sort of a non-traditional, cross-disciplinary approach to these problems for us to make the quantum leaps rather than the, just the incremental steps in moving forward. Dr. Badlack, thank you for joining us today and sharing your vision and your plans for this new Regenerative Medicine Journal. I wish you and your colleagues all the best in this particular endeavor. I'd like to thank the McGowan Institute for sponsoring this podcast series. And as we conclude this podcast, I welcome our listeners to offer suggestions in terms of topics to cover. You can reach us at mail at regenerativemedicinetoday.com. Until we meet again on another podcast, Best wishes. Thank you.